Hey, folks, I'm out today for Passover, but we want to give you a little bit of a taste of something amazing that we do here at Daily Wire. It's a show I do called The Search, in which I sit down with some of the most interesting people across the globe. And honestly, these folks are from all sides of the political spectrum. And we just sit at a restaurant or a coffee shop and we just chat about life. If you look at Leah Thomas' social media, Leah Thomas, it appears, has a serious fixation on autogynephilia and gets off as a man in dressing as a woman. It's a sexual fetish. And there are plenty of trans people who will tell you that that is a faction of trans people. Of course. Ellen Joyce has an entire book called Trans in which she talks about autogynephilia. Exactly. He's amazing. So... So what we really have is somebody who is in the women's locker room, taking the women's trophies and the women's medals, and getting off on the fact that he is dressed like a woman, immersed with women, and they want the women to get the therapy. That we have crossed the Rubicon now to where formerly tolerant me, don't be so hateful Dr. Ablo, has become like an activist on this. Like, I, get out. Get out of our swimming pools. Get out of our locker rooms. Get off of our track meets. Get out. We'll find an accommodation for you. Hopefully you'll get the help you need. But we are not surrendering girlhood or womanhood to you and your mental issues. I mean, it is it is insane when you look at the statistics on the social contagion that's, that's occurred. The, the latest poll that I saw from, I believe it was Pew that came out today, uh, was that almost 20% of all people who identify as Gen Z are now saying they're LGBTQ+. Oh, my God. Almost 20%. And... The generation after that, it's going to be 30 or 40 percent. And so the question becomes, number one, whether this is, have we just reached a genetic bottleneck or is it possible that a massive social contagion is taking place that is geographically located <laughs> in blue areas, which is exactly what's happening. And, you know, the, what, what that, again, tends to show is that in the absence of any sort of overriding value system, pathology spreads. I mean, pe- people tend to imitate each other's behaviors. And if a society declares something heroic, you will get more of it. You subsidize particular behavior, you get more of that behavior. It is just that simple. And so what society chooses to subsidize and not subsidize does actually have some pretty serious ramifications. And so the breakdown of the intermediate institutions of society, here I'm talking about church or family, that's, that's going to devastate this entire generation. There's a, uh, there's a study that came out recently suggesting that young girls are now at the highest risk of, of suicide that they've ever been at, so far as they're aware. It's something like 37% of, or 30% of girls can actively considered suicide over the course of the last two years, which is nuts. I mean, those, those, question, th- 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 those numbers are crazy. And, and people are asking why, and the answer is, well, maybe because you don't give them any guidance on how to become women. You, you, yeah. you obliterated the category of woman, and then you give them no guidance on how to get there, and then you say that what's going to make you happy is to be on social media all day comparing yourself to others. And all of the institutions where you used to socialize, I mean, this is an important part of bringing up a kid. I, 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 this is why I think as our, parent, as our society becomes parent-free, as, as people don't have kids, all the values go down the drain. Because you actually have to get serious about life once you have kids. Uh, and, and I say kids, not kid. I think that there are a lot of people who sort of have a kid that's like a dog or a purse. It's, it's like a thing that you carry around, and, mm-hmm. and this, is, this is my kid, and I will do to my kid, and I'll post a TikTok video about how tolerant I am because my kid came home. I'll call and, him a baby. Right, I- exactly. But once you have multiple kids and, and you start looking at how hard it is to, to civilize a child and how terrible small children are <laughs> and what it takes to make them into adults, you realize that kids, what they actually want is stability. What they want is a role. I mean, I was talking about this with Piers Morgan the other day. You know, when, when I look at my kids, what my young, what, what my boy, who's six, wants to do when he grows up, I asked him what he wanted to do, and he said, I want to be a daddy. He said, that, that's, that's what I want. Uh, and if, if you ask my daughter, like, what would you want to be when you grow up? She would say, a mommy. And so I talk to them at this age about, like, so 
who, who in your class do you want to marry? Do they have any concept of what that means? No, but the idea is this is the social expectation, and it is a good social expectation. Yeah. We, we've, we've now entered a world in which we believe that placing social expectations on our kids is somehow a negative, it's bad, that kids ought to be free. There should be no social expectations of them. I totally disagree. I think social expectations for kids are a wonderful thing. I think it's the thing that makes them into adults. Kids are uncivilized. You civilize them. This is what it means to raise a child. If they didn't need raising, you wouldn't have to raise them. Yeah. And so you know, the, I think parents have abdicated this duty almost completely. And this is why and people ask me if I'm optimistic ever. And I say, well, as a religious person, yes, because the religious will inherit the earth. We're the only ones who are having children at this point. Um, but also, the only people who have a durable set of values are the ones who are going to be passing those on to their kids. Yes. Oh, I, it's funny, Ben, because I wasn't raised religious like you. But I did go to church. You know, my parents made us go to Catholic church, and I did all the, you know, confirmation in their community, all the stuff. But one of the main, so I'm there, I believe in God, and I believe in the Catholic teachings, but I'm not devout. But one of the main reasons that we go to church every Sunday is the very things you're talking about. Shared values, shared community, reminding my children there's something bigger and more important than them. They're part of a bigger social fabric, and these are the values. Part of the benefit of sitting in that pew every Sunday is reinforcement of values. You know, who matters? God, who matters? Your mom and dad. If you need advice, who do you go to? One of those three, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's great to have somebody who they respect or they see as an authority figure up there saying all the same things that we are saying back at home. This is one of the reasons why this whole discussion, this is like the polar opposite between Jocko Willink and Kim Kardashian and why I love the former and cannot stand the latter. I don't think Kim Kardashian is an evil person in her heart. It's not about whether she, she intends evil. But just the other day, Jocko Willink, you know, for, famed Navy SEAL, like the baddest badass ever, uh, put out a, a short little video on Instagram, and it basically said, I want to talk to 13, 15, 17-year-old boys. And he said, and I made my boys watch this, and he said, I don't know if anybody's telling you what, what to do. Like, we're supposed to do at 13. He said, work out, put on some muscle, you know, learn how to fight, any kind of fight, you know, martial arts, be able to defend yourself if you need it. Don't drink or do drugs. Those things are bad for you. Improve your mind by reading a book. That's good for you, right? Had just like a couple of quick TikToks down. It was like, yes. He's like, I'm not sure if anybody's telling you that. Now, in my family, we are telling the children right. that, but a lot of families, they're not. So that's Jocko. And then you got Kim Kardashian, who is, look at my ass. <laughs> look at my boobs and look at me. <laughs> and don't bother listening to me. Just look at me. I can't stand what she's doing to our culture. It's not just her, it's really her whole family, but just that general personality and the messaging to our daughters in particular that all of it's real, that's 100% my actual ass, and the sex tape, which is how she got famous without actually owning it, all of it is so abhorrent to me, and it's exactly the opposite of Jocko Willink, all of the wrong inputs into our children, to the point where my daughter and her friend were over and somebody asked me whether the makeup I had was Kim Kardashian and the other one's like, well, who's Kim Kardashian? I said, I do not wish to be the person who introduces that person into your life, right? But these are the battles we're fighting. There are role models, both positive and negative. I mean, this is, this is also, I think, one of the, I, I keep coming back to the, the Robert Nisbet point that you, you destroy the intermediate institutions and you destroy everything. That the, the people who are looked up to, like I'm glad there are people like Jocko or people like Jordan Peterson, you know, people who are actually speaking to young men. But when I was growing up and people said, who do you look up to? You know, who, who are your heroes? The people I always said were my parents. It was always like my, my dad, my mom, you know, maybe a couple of teachers who, who had helped me along the way. It was, it was never some person who was very, very famous. Right. And, and because we've changed the metric of success to be fame, what that means is that people are constantly seeing themselves and, and thinking about themselves. Right? And they're, they're, I can't remember who, who, who once said that the way to, to 
you know, get over depression is, is it's not about thinking of, of thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking of yourself less. Like just just stop thinking that everyone has their eyes on you at all time, or that the goal of life should be should be fame. I mean, this is this is I think the greatest lie that anybody has ever told, or one of them, is that fame is innately a good thing. Okay. Fame is innately not a good thing. For the vast majority of people who have ever been famous, it, it wrecks them. I mean, it's fame is not an easy thing to deal with. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I mean, you've dealt with fame as well as anybody. But I mean, how many people have you seen fame just absolutely ruined? Well, I think the people who seek it are the ones who are most vulnerable to being ruined by it. You know, one of the nice things of, of being well-known because I do the news is it's just a side effect. You know, I, I never wanted to be famous. I just wanted to do the news. And I knew I could communicate orally, you know, in, in the best and most compelling way. And so that means TV news, right, for me. Um, and so fame was sort of a side effect. If you're doing that kind of news really well, some fame will come. But the battle for me all along has been with my kids to downplay it as an absolute nothing, an absolute nothing. And so they'll ask, like, are you famous? And I'm always like, no. And my daughter asks, like, are you a celebrity? I'm like, absolutely not. And then she looked up the definition of celebrity, and it kind of matched a little. And I was like, it's not. It's, that's somebody who's famous for all sorts of different reasons. You know, mom is a news person who some people know. And the biggest attachment, though, is to, to try to not get them to attach a value to fame. So, like, we'll go skiing, and you'll see, like, a famous person on the mountain. And it might be somebody who I know that they would love, like a sports figure. And I always try to just project, it's a nothing. Yeah, it's a nothing. And like, okay, it's, it's Tom Brady. It's cool, but whatever. Because I don't want them to see me attaching, like, he's famous. He's famous and he's right there. You know, like, God, no, you'll never ask anybody for their autograph or for their picture because what? Yes, if it's a sports figure, maybe you'd admire their basketball or their football, what have you. But a lot of the times, if you're looking at a Hollywood actor, you just admire their fame. You like the fact that people know who they are. That is nothing to be valued. And in my own life, fame has caused way more problems than it's, than it's created, or than goodness that it's created for me. Um, and honestly, it can be security problems in your life, as you well know. It can just be nastiness that gets injected while you're just innocently scrolling Twitter or Instagram that you didn't ask for. It can be speculation about your marriage, right? Like you post some nice picture of you and your husband, and next thing you know, people are like, she's cheating on him. Like, wait, what? Right? You, <laughs> and, and look, you, you got to be tough. You got to be able to scroll right by, by that. But just, you know, there's a lot of negative injections that come from it. That's not to say there's no upside, but fame is ne- not, definitely not something to be well, I mean, the, the, that, that's, that, you know, the good news for me is that nobody has ever seen a picture of me and suggested that I'm cheating on my wife. They, they, <laughs> they <know. laughs> you understand like, yourself. Oh, no, but it, it's fine. I saw myself exactly <laughs> as, as, as life has made it. Like but I, made, I made him uncomfortable. Yeah, they, you, you win. But, is it, but it's, it's, it is, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing. My, my kids... I will say I think I've done a pretty good job of this. We were, we were at an event recently where there's, a, there's an Orthodox Jewish singer named Mordechai Shapiro who is well-known in like, the Orthodox Jewish community, which is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percentage point. Right? It's a very small community. And so my kids, just out of curiosity one day, they were, we were at this event, and Mordechai was there, super nice guy. And, he was, and, and they were kind of like peeking around the corner at him, like, oh, my God, that's Mordechai Shapiro. And so I went to my kids, and I'm like, who do you think is more famous, like Mordechai or me? They're like, Mordechai. <laughs> Win. Right on. Yeah, exactly. Well, was- same thing with money, right? Because it's like, I didn't grow up with any money. Now we have some money. But you don't want kids with no ambition. You know, you don't want kids who are just so used to the finer things in life and have no fire in their belly. The only reason I earned money or wanted to earn money was because we didn't have any. You know, like, and you get sick enough of that that you like, I'll try hard. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to earn my own dough. So there's nothing I can do about, you know, the kids seeing how we live. You know, we we're not like in first class all the time or flying private. I'm like, get in the back. You're in the coach. You'll be in the back aisle by the bathroom. You're fine. Um, Doug and I will be in the first class. 
Uh, <laughs> but, but they'll ask, same thing, you know, like, are we rich? And I always say the same thing, which is, dad and I are, you've got nothing. <laughs> Good luck. You'll be able to live I, like this as long as you're in mom's house, I, otherwise you're on I will own. admit that I've pulled this card on my, on my kids before. They'll, my, my kids will be fighting with each other over, over you know, a toy, and they'll say, no, this is my toy. And, I, and I'll walk in, I'll be like, no, it's mine. Everything in this house belongs to me. You right. paid for nothing in this house. Your room is mine. Your pillow is right. mine. Your toys are mine. All of it is. You are mine. You like it, right? You, you are, Work you are, you are, you are little laborers for me. Yes. I made you, and you are <laughs> until you're eighteen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I'm taking my last penny to the grave. Although it's it's really interesting. So I've had this conversation with with some of my friends who are who are very wealthy, and the question of how you raise a kid who is good, who is wealthy, is it's it's a very different question because. How do you raise kids who aren't spoiled is really the question. Mm -hmm. And what I've said to some of my friends is, number one, if you're worried about raising kids who aren't spoiled, there's a good shot that your kids aren't going to be spoiled because you're already thinking along the right lines. But also, I I think spoiled is a mindset. I don't think it's necessarily an outgrowth of wealth. I I know know people who are middle income who seem very, very spoiled. Um, you know, when I was growing up, we were somewhere between lower middle income to upper middle income over the course of my parents' career. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and you know, you saw, you saw people who were spoiled even on, on that income. And that really is just an effect of, do you think you deserve something or do you not think you deserve something? Alrighty, folks, if you want to watch that entire conversation, you have to be a member over at Daily Wire Plus. So head on over to dailywire.com slash Ben. That's dailywire.com slash Ben. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. <laughs> 